All right, on to our next speaker. Uh, speaker number three for tonight is Anna Sexton, and she's a country kid. She grew up getting stuck in the mud, catching yabbies, feeding cows, and hunting for dinosaurs. She's been fascinated by the natural world ever since. Now, Anna is doing a PhD at Monash University studying malaria. She studies how malaria parasites talk to human cells during a malaria infection. And during the week, she feeds and waters her malaria parasites. And on the weekends, she feeds and waters her garden. So her thumb is described as ranging from black to pale green. Anna Sexton, come on up. Thanks for the introduction. Just in case anyone was curious, today I have a green thumb because my parasites are going great, but a very black thumb because as we speak, my orchid is slowly rotting to death. Rest in peace. Um, anyway, uh, welcome and thank you all for coming. Uh, usually I'm sitting down in the crowd with you guys, very comfortably sipping wine and learning about science history. Um, but tonight I find myself up here for the first time um, speaking. And of course, I'm a little bit nervous because I'm a scientist and I've only ever been trained to talk to other scientists. Um, and because of this, um, I'm always obliged to give um, a talk that starts with something like this, which is, uh, hey scientists, you should totally listen to my talk right now because my research is super important and that's because I research malaria and malaria is bad. And then it all, all goes very um, grim very quickly <laughs> because I then have to tell people about the statistics. Um, but I'd like to thank the organisers for the opportunity to speak tonight because I finally get to start a talk a little bit differently. Um, a, little, a little bit positive, actually. Um, and so here it goes. <clears throat> Malaria is good. Malaria has saved lives. A bit controversial, I know, and my uh, lab supervisor is looking at me very weirdly right now. Uh, no, I am not a rogue PhD student. I can go back into the lab. Um, I just happen to be inspired by uh, Dr. Julius Wagner Joreg. Has anybody heard of that guy? Raise your hands. I'm actually hoping no one does because I want to make a point of that later in my talk. Um, so Julius was born in Austria in 1857. Uh, he went to a famous Catholic school in Vienna, um, which will, uh, you will soon find out has drummed into him a very strong moral code, or lack thereof. Um, so uh, he uh, then went off to the University of Vienna to study medicine um, in 1874. And to sort of set the scene a little bit, um, this was a time when modern me medicine was just finding its feet. Uh, doctors were getting into things like hand washing and antiseptic. Uh, doctors were just star uh, starting to figure out that actually germs cause disease and not inhaling miasma or noxious air. Um, actually, fun side fact, malaria literally is malaria. Oh my God, that is medieval Italian for bad air, 
which people inhaled a lot of when they were near uh, noxious swamps, um, which in actual fact uh, were just giant breeding grounds for mosquitoes that transmit the disease to humans. So uh, whilst the germ theorists were trying to figure out that one, Julius was graduating. In 1880, he wrote a thesis called uh, The Origin and Function of the Accelerated Heart. Um, he went on to then uh, do a little bit of work in the Department of Internal Diseases. Um, but uh, he mustn't have liked it very much because a year later he um, transferred to a psychiatric clinic to, to work there, not as a patient. Um, and I can only assume he was uh, drawn to that career because it had a great deal of job security, something us scientists can only dream of. Um, you see, very, very rarely were people in psychiatric clinics actually cured. If you went in there, you probably were going to die in there. Um, but something one day remarkable happened. A lady suffering from psychosis came down with a fever. Sometime later, luckily she recovered from the fever, but actually she also recovered from her, her psychosis. Fascinating. Julius thought to himself, and he did whatever the uh, you know, 1880s equivalent of a Google search to look up whether there was any similar cases, and in fact there were, very few, but he found them. Um, and so there was cases uh, where people were cured of their mental illness, and what they had in common is a fever before their remission. Um, so in 1887, he published his uh, observations, and um, in this paper, he first proposed the idea of intentionally giving mental um, uh, illness patients uh, fever to try and treat their illness. And so <laughs> it was uh, three years later when he actually tried his idea out. He'd just gotten a promotion, so probably his, the power went to his pet head. And he invited everybody along. Uh, didn't matter if you had depression, schizophrenia, any, any, everyone was welcome. Um, Julius injected uh, his patients with an extract uh, from the bug that causes tuberculosis. It wasn't infectious, but it did cause fever. Um, and to his credit, he was sure to um, have a control group of untreated patients, which was actually a revolutionary concept at the time. And well, to be fair, it's actually um, a revolutionary concept to some PhD students today, myself included. <laughs> so, uh, Julius was having some success with his fever therapy, but uh, mostly he was just making people very sick. Uh, but uh, one group in particular was showing minor improvements, um, and they actually had um, something in common, which is that they suffered from a condition known as general paralysis of the insane. Yes, general paralysis of the insane is exactly what it sounds like. You go insane and then you become paralysed. It's very nasty. First you go, um, in the early stages, you could suffer from depression, paralysis, um, and in the end you succumb to seizures and paralysis. Death was the ultimate and inevitable outcome. At the time, between 10 to up to 45% of patients in psychiatric care were actually um, GPI, or general paralysis of the insane, patients. So it was a serious burden. There was no cure. But there were a couple of treatment options available. Um, you could choose from option A, mercury, <laughs> very toxic. Option B, selvarsan, which is a derivative of arsenic, 
And I'd just like to <laughs> expand on this a little bit because they gave it to patients by dissolving it in methanol, which is a substance that causes blindness, chucked in some water, and then also chucked in some caustic soda, which is that stuff in Drano that dissolves hair. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and then they took this lovely concoction and they injected it into the butt cheeks of people with GPI. <laughs> Life was good for them. Um, so you can imagine that patients weren't that perturbed when Julius gave them option C, fever therapy. Um, but despite giving people all sorts of things to induce fever, like um, tuberculosis extract, typhoid, uh, staphylococcus, streptococcus, all sorts of things, um, his patients always relapsed if they ever showed improvement. And he was about to give up the whole thing. Except one day in 1917, something fortuitous happened. A soldier was admitted into his hospital. That soldier had malaria. Mmm, this is where malaria comes in. <laughs> malaria causes fever. Great. <laughs> Actually, malaria causes fever over and over again as the um, malaria parasites invade your red blood cells and then burst out of it. You get a day of fever and then a day of chills and sweating and then a day of fever and then a day of chills and sweating. It goes on until you get treatment. And funnily enough, well, very luckily, actually, there was a treatment for malaria back then, which was quinine. And I have some that I prepared earlier. Yes, <laughs> you probably know, maybe some of you are also drinking it, but it's that stuff in tonic water that makes it taste yum. <laughs> but no, it won't cure you of malaria, so don't try that at home. Um, anyways, so I digress. Malaria causes fever, it was totally curable, and this was duly noted by Julius. And I'm sure you all know what Julius was thinking, and he was thinking, thank God, Ethics has not been invented because I am totally going to get the blood of that guy and I'm going to inject it into those guys. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> he took the blood um, from the soldier when he was in a, a fit of fever and he gave it to nine patients suffering from general paralysis of the insane and just watched what happened. Uh, so a week later, all of these patients... Um, they did get fever and he sort of just, he let them have that for two weeks. They went through seven to 12 bouts of fever because of malaria. Um, and then um, when that was all over, he treated the malaria with quinine. Um, and the experiment was deemed a complete success. Three of those patients were cured. They went back to their normal lives. They, they lived very long lives after that. Um, three showed great improvement. Two did not change. And the last patient, well, he died of malaria. <laughs> but he was going to die anyway, so <laughs> you win some, you lose some. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's hold off a minute. I hope that you're all sitting there thinking, how on earth is fever curing mental illness? Well, it took a long time for the gem theorists to figure this one out, but... GPI was not a psychiatric disease. It was a microbial one. In 1905, during the course of Julius's experiments, um, scientists isolated syphilis uh, from patients suffering GPI. Um, and it took them so long to make this connection because syphilis is pretty tricky. In um, its first stages, uh, you just get 
cankers and a body rash, and then it goes away for years. You don't know you have that um, you could potentially fall ill, but um, even 40 years later, syphilis can go, come back, um, and that's when shit gets real. You can either get GPI, which is pretty horrendous, heart failure, failure or I'm so excited to say this one, it's my favourite, your face falls off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Literally, your skin is eaten away as the, uh, your immune system is fighting away the syphilis and it's very disfiguring. Um, <laughs> anyways, all three cases, doesn't matter what you've got, uh, it was pretty fatal, except that now Julius had a cure for GPI. Um, so what happened when he was injecting his patients with malaria, um, the syphilis during the fever uh, couldn't survive the high temperatures, so the bacteria actually died. And then once that process had happened, Julius came in and killed the malaria, and it was all kind of this crazy, crazy uh, disease inception. Um, <laughs> but So news of his success spread, and by the early 1920s, malaria therapy was being used all over Europe, the USA, and South America, and actually, just nine years after his first exper uh, experiment, over 2,000 people had been treated with malaria therapy. Um, it had a success rate of 30%, however, it also carried a 15% chance of dying from malaria. <laughs> it was a chance that patients, or at least their doctors, were willing to take. In 1927, Julius won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> Very deservingly for medicine or physiology for his discovery of the therapeutic value of malaria inoculation in the treatment of general paralysis of the insane. And he is actually one of only three psychiatrists to win the award which really speaks volumes about psychiatry. <laughs> um, so actually, unfortunately, in his uh, later life, uh, Julius himself went a bit rogue. He was unfortunately an advocate for eugenics. He became anti-Semitic. Actually, he applied to become a member of the Nazi party, but was uh, rejected on account that his first marriage was to a Jewish lady. Whoops. Um, <laughs> And the Austrian community only recently found this out um, and were understandably not, not thrilled by it because it's kind of a bad look to have streets and medical clinics named after a Nazi sympathiser. Um, but Julius died in 1940 and um, took his, his views to the grave. But soon after, um, so did malaria therapy. So the reason that most of you have probably never heard of this guy can be summed up in one word penicillin. <laughs> Bam, syphilis was gone. Um, so to finish, Julius Wagner was obviously moral, morally corrupt, but um, he was scientifically creative. Um, and he will always be remembered, by me at least, as that one time malaria was good. <laughs> Thank you.